True to You Radio. Imagination. Inspiration. Integrity. Insightful. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show where we explore and learn what it means to live from your heart, not your head. And for those of you not quite familiar with heart dancing, it's a process of unlearning the world's messages and remembering your authentic self. When you start listening to the world's definition of happiness and success, at some point you may realize that you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. There's always going to be something more to strive for or obtain. Heart dancing is a different way of looking at your world and looking at yourself. It's a way to return to your soul, the source of unconditional love. And the heart dancing mantra is, let love lead. And you'll understand more about that as you join me in the dance. Love knows the way, you just have to follow. Heart dancing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live deliberately, create intentionally, and dance with life. I'm your host, Katherine Erickson, and I am recording live today in the home of Connie Keene. She's my guest on the show. Welcome, Connie. Thank you. It's great to be here, Catherine. Yeah, you and I met through a mutual event, and it was one of those meetings that I knew I've got to follow up with her. I need to find out your story. So can you tell us just a little bit about yourself before we dive into the interview? I would love to. Uh, I'm an energy practitioner. I I became a Reiki master 22 years ago when we lived in Asia, and I studied over there. I have gotten other certifications for healing modalities, and I practice. I have a full-time energy practice working with people to help them along their journey, to help them release old blockages that no longer serve them, and to help them balance their energies so that their body can heal the way it's meant to heal naturally. Mm, That sounds so beautiful. (laughs) I just (laughs) wanted to take a deep breath and take all that in. Well, what brings us here today, we were actually having lunch the other day, and Connie told me this miraculous healing story. And I just knew she had to tell the Heart Dancing Tribe. So... Connie, can you tell us what happened to your husband and how you helped him through it? I would love to. Uh, a year, Just a year ago, my husband, we took him into the ER and found out that he had a, a blockage in his intestine and that he was going to require surgery. So he went in for surgery the next day, and when they opened him up, or well, actually, they started out with a laparoscopic procedure, and they started to lose him halfway through the procedure. His heart, they couldn't keep his heart uh, still and or working properly and so they had to abort the if you will they had to open him up then to complete the surgery but they he was so um unstable that they couldn't even sew him back up so they literally packed him with gauze and got him out of the operating room so they could stabilize his vital signs wow so that was so that was that was on a sunday morning that was pretty um exciting in every way possible and he was in the ICU for a couple of days, and they were just trying to get him stabilized uh, so they could sew him back up. 
So I got to go in there and I got to be with him and work with him pretty much around the clock. With I was giving him energy, I was giving him energy treatments, and these were specifically Reiki energy treatments. And I was working with his energy field because his body was just so compromised and his energy field, you know, and you know, and all that stuff gets cut through in a surgery. I mean, it's really it's a it's very traumatic to the energy field and not never mind just the physical body. Well, let me stop you right there because I'm very interested in energy work and I don't know much about it. So, can you do we have an energy field around our physical body? We do. And even the medical science has given it a name. It's called the biofield according to the western medical model. Uh, we use the term aura in the energy world. And your body has an aura around it. It's this wonderful cocoon of energy. And there's actually layers to it, to your aura. And it can, it can extend out many feet. Some people that are highly, uh, that work a lot with energy, it can extend out for miles. So your aura, so this is your energy field that you emanate in, in your human experience. And so when someone undergoes surgery, even lapar lap lap mm -hmm. laparoscopy, <laughs> thank uh -huh. you, I can never get that word right, um, that's actually, besides just cutting through the tissue of the physical body, it's also cutting through the energy field of the aura. It is, and it's also cutting through their meridians. Their, we have nine different energy fields, energy systems in the body. So it's also cutting through the meridians, which is the rivers of energy that go through their body. And I mean, it's it's and then their chakra system is all in there. I mean, all of this stuff is um, discombobulated you right. know, when that happens. All right. Well, thank you for explaining that. I had never really thought about that. Yeah. So we have to kind of stitch that all back up too. Exactly. Yeah. So in a day or two, when he was stable enough, they took out, they put a wound vac, what they call in there. So I was able to be in the in the in the ICU with Jim and and handle all of that with energy. I mean, I was able to protect him and work on him, the staff, the nursing staff was wonderful about letting me be right there, hands-on with him, working with the energy all the time. Okay, and that brings up another mm -hmm. question. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's no problem. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with people trained in the philosophy, mindset, and knowledge of Western medicine. So did you explain what you were doing? I did. They all wanted an explanation because they didn't want me in there. Most of them said, all right, now, I can't have anybody here that's going to pass out because this is not a pretty picture and I can't be dealing with you and I need to be taking care of this wound. And I said, I promise I won't. I am, I am also a, a medicine worker. I just happen to do it with energy. So I'm, I will be okay and I just ask that I get to stay. And she said, well, yes, you may. And so then I had to explain to them about the energy that I would be putting into Jim's energy field and how that would help keep him calm. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and also allow for healing and the balancing of the energies while they were doing these procedures. And so they did obviously allow you to be there and, and do your thing while they were doing their thing. They did. And I think a lot of that um, just ethically was because I was his spouse and they felt like, you know, I mean, so that there was, that boundary had not been crossed. You know, I mean, they, they trusted me as his spouse and as an energy worker. Right, right. Okay, well, go yeah. ahead and tell us what happened. Yes, so then he went in and, and then he had to, so they had to go back and stitch him up, right? Okay, well, that was it. So they had to, when he was stable, it was about three days, I think. Now, just for our information here, Jim is a, is a heart patient, and so he normally takes blood thinners. Well, they had to take him off the blood thinners. Is that Coumadin? It, it, well, it was a different one, but yes, basically. And so they had to take him off the blood thinners so he could have these surgeries. So he was off the blood thinners for a long time. 
They went in and they stitched him back up and it went very well. And actually he went beautifully through that surgery. But when they took him back to his room, they actually had a drain from his stomach, you know, because all this stuff was going on. Well, unbeknownst to us, the drain plugged, uh, but the nursing staff didn't catch it. And he went into ventricular tachycardia, into VT, and he had three events where they literally had to bring the paddles to bring him back to life. So this was after the second surgery, and um, you know, without saying what hospital it is, it's a highly respected hospital, and the nursing staff literally mm. missed this, and we had two doctors just just at different times be so frustrated. I mean, they, they literally lost him twice. So anyway. <laughs> and then they brought him back. And then they brought him back. Okay. So having said all of this, we got him through, and then they, we, they were getting the ventricular tachycardia under control, and they decided they were going to have to put a a unit in, like a pacemakers type of thing in. And so he just had to get well enough then for them to do that and to run the tests because they, he had had such extreme experiences. Well, in the meantime, um, we woke up Sunday morning and got a call from the hospital that um, Jim that we needed to come immediately to the hospital that Jim wasn't well. Well, Jim had thrown a clot because he wasn't on his, you know, because he wasn't on his blood thinner medicines, and he had a massive stroke. He was 100% occluded in the right carotid artery and uh, was, was non-responsive, I mean, just out. His left side was completely paralyzed, and he'd lost his verbal, uh, his old verbal center. So, so devastating. Dev- well, yeah. Devastating. It was. I mean, he was, he was yeah, it was shocking. Uh, so I got there as quickly as I could, and I started using Reiki energy on his head. I went right behind the bed, and I started treating his brain. All I knew was I was just led to do that. So at this point, it was just a lot of prayer, and we, we activated several prayer groups <laughs> that I'm a member of, and we got that all going, and then I went in and started working on him immediately. And I had been working on him for somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour when the neurologist walked back into the room. I hadn't seen him yet. So I was, there's my wonderful clock. Yes, it sounds beautiful. It is, and yeah. it's going to chime. <laughs> So everyone will know what time it is. That's right. I think these are the bells ringing for us <laughs> to let us know. But go ahead. Yes. So we, uh, when Jim was in there, I had been, well, so when the doctor was in there, I was talking to him and asking him, well, wow, okay, what's the situation? What's the diet? Because I had not even been given a diagnosis yet. I hadn't even seen a doctor yet. I just went in and started working on him. Okay. So um, he said, well, he's had a stroke. And I said, okay, well, that's you know, pretty apparent. He said he's completely, this is non-responsive, which was, you know, pretty alarming. And uh, since he was 100% occluded, that meant zero blood, zero oxygen was getting to that part of the brain, to that whole side of the brain, uh, which is a little alarming as well. So while he said now, and I said, okay, well, what can we expect? What kind of, you know, I'd like to look down the road, what kind of, he said, well, this is what you can expect. I mean, we don't we don't know until we get in there. We're going to have to do a thrombectomy, and they're going to have to go ahead and do this procedure and pull all that stuff out, and we won't know till all of that. I mean, we just we we don't know oh. that you know we can have people recover from strokes, but we never know. <clears throat> it, we just have to watch. And I thought, well, okay, well that's not very okay. So I went with that, and then uh, he said, so what you see is what you get, basically, and then we'll know more after the surgery. Well, about that time, Jim opened his eyes and looked directly at the, the neurologist, and it was like he'd seen a ghost. He, he, he just kept looking at Jim. He just couldn't believe that, he has opened, that he'd opened his eyes. So he said, well, well that's most unusual, which was his comment. <laughs> and I said, 
That cracks me up because <laughs> here's this Western trained doctor, didn't know what you had been doing before he walked in the room. And then there's this miracle. The patient wakes up from a massive stroke and all he can say is that's most unusual. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, go ahead. So anyway, Jim, and he looked at him, and so he started talking to Jim, and he said, can you move your left side? Can you move your left hand? Well, no, your left, you know, he couldn't. But um, he said, you know, let's try your right side. So I actually put my hand underneath Jim's to see if there was any movement, and Jim was obviously, you could, there were twitching, there was twitching in the right hand fingers when he asked him to move that. And I said, we are, he is understanding, we, he is now responsive, because we were getting, you know, we were getting that. And so he was, he was pretty amazed. The doctor really didn't have a lot to say. He was just pretty amazed. And he said, well, you know, it's Sunday morning. We're trying to get a neurosurgeon in here where we've got some calls out. We've got an OR ready when he gets here. And, and I said, uh, well, then I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And he said, yes, you do that. <laughs> so, you know, off he went. Uh, coattails flying, you know, how they go out. To the... <laughs> I can just picture it. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, and he's a dear man. He just didn't know what to do with the situation. Right. It was outside his realm. It was. Most I, unusual. Yes, and I respect that. Yes. So I just kept working on him because now we're getting an amp. Now he's responsive, right? So I'm going around and I'm looking at him and I'm saying, Jim, if you can understand me, just put pressure on my hand, do whatever you can. And he was responding. So that was just, that was a miracle in itself. Unbelievable. It is. And then, so I just kept working on him. It was probably close to another hour before he went into surgery by the time they got everything set up. My family was there at that point. My grandson had just been born, and Jim hadn't seen him yet, so my daughter and son-in-law brought in his namesake, baby James, uh, so that he could at least, you know, have an experience with baby James because nobody knew what was going to happen when he went into surgery. So that mm -hmm. was very, uh, wow, that was very emotional. Whew, mm -hmm. Extremely emotional. Mm -hmm. And Jim was obviously reacting in positive ways, but it was just his body was just shaking, and the nurse said, you know what, he's very excited, and that's the only way that his body can show it right now. So it was lovely that she could interpret that for my daughter, <laughs> yes. who was wanting any kind of response from her father right. with her brand-new baby. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, of course. So, this, so you, there was all kinds of emotional levels going on here, and my parents happened to be visiting because I was going to speak at the Parliament of World Religions, and I was supposed to actually speak within a few days, and my parents had come in to just kind of be with Jim because he had already gone into the hospital. So they came in, God bless them, to kind of watch Jim, none of us knowing that this was going to happen. Well, right? yes. I mean, you thought it was one thing and it turned out to be something totally, totally different. Totally different. Yes, it evolved into this. So anyway, down we went and I, the nurses let me go with him all the way to the OR and I met the, the neurosurgeon and he said, what are you doing? And I told him and he said, okay. He couldn't see any harm in that, right? And I said, you know, his eyes have been open and nobody expected that. And he said, well, tell you what, you stay with him the whole time. You do whatever you're doing until we intubate him. So they took me all the way in and I was able to work on Jim. So at this point, it had been a couple hours of energy work that he had received. Very focused, intense energy work, very right. specific. Very intentional from yes. his spouse, his spiritual partner. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So they went in and then I was released. And of course, I, I, you can still send energy. You don't have to actually touch the person. Because as we really know, behind <laughs> there are no limits, I mean, and there is no time and space. It's only this wonderful illusion that we choose to live in on planet Earth that recommends time and space. So anyway, the energy can be sent anywhere, anytime. So I was still treating him from the waiting room, and we were all praying. Our family was there, and we were all praying, and gosh, it went on. They expected it to be a pretty quick procedure, maybe like 30 or 45 minutes. It went on and on, and it was a couple hours, and when the surgeon came out... 
he said, Miss, he pointed at his watch, he said, Mrs. Keene, and he just said, it, we are way past time. He just kept tapping his watch. We are way past time to expect very much healing. He said, we, there was so much matter in there, we had to go in and perform three, the procedure three times to get the matter out, which meant that, that the brain got no oxygen during that time. And that was from the carotid artery? Yes, that, that was from was that plugged. carotid Yes, so they had to go, you know, they go all the way up through the leg and clear up through the whole thing, and then they, I, I boggles the mind. Right. Western medical model is amazing. Right. So anyway, they did all these procedures, these life-saving procedures, and he said, so I can't tell you what, I cannot tell you what he will be like when he wakes up. I just know we are way past the amount of time that we can expect any normal function again. And I said, well, I really appreciate that, and I know you work through the, with the Western medical model, and I do want to tell you that I work with a spiritual model, and there are no limits. So I, I do respect what you've done. I'm so grateful for you saving my husband's life, and now, now we'll take over with our limitless spiritual model, and we will see what comes next. Oh, Connie, that is so beautiful. Thank you. Yes, so what happened? Well, so he did say at that point, then the doctors, the neurosurgeon said, it was most it was most unusual. He said that must they maybe they teach them that in medical school. It was most unusual. He said there were actually three blood vessels that when we were, you know, they imaged the brain to go in and do all of this stuff, that went from the left side of the brain over to the right side of the brain, which indicates to me that there was some oxygen getting over to that part of the brain. So something was moving the oxygen from <clears throat> the um whole part of the brain to the yes to the shutdown to part. the shutdown yeah. part mm -hmm. yeah and uh he said and i really don't have an explanation for that which i thought was lovely that he shared that with me yes because that really gave me hope that the work that we'd been doing man you know i work at the energy level and the hope is that it works then distills down to the physical level because then because if we balance the energies and cleared out blockages the body gets to do what it does best which is heal itself and protect itself exactly so what you had been doing was manifesting in the physical realm it was yes yeah. as, as, as proven by these uh, images yeah in the operating room so I went in to, they allowed me to go in, actually he was still right outside the operating room, they allowed me to go in that recovery part of the room and work with Jim a little bit more and I was just, so he could feel my presence, he was still very deeply sedated, but that's okay because he knew I was there. And then um, we all went home, we all went home to rest because they said it was going to be a while. And when then I went back that night and the next day, and of course he was in ICU for quite a while, and I worked on him for two or three hours a day with the energy. And, and I would do it in, in small amounts because you can tell when the body's had enough. Mm. And, and you know, and you, because the energy stops. I mean, the, the, it just stops. And so that you know that's enough. And then I hired another Reiki master to come in and work with him every day. And I also hired an acupuncturist to come in. Really? Yes. Why an acupuncturist? Well, because his meridians had been cut through with the surgeries. Oh. And, of course. and yes. I wanted somebody that was an expert in, in meridian medicine, if you will, to come in and start to help those heal and help those rivers of energy flow through his abdomen the way they're supposed to. So we used a lot of energy medicine. I had essential oils in there. We were using tapping, thought field therapy to, to relieve pain and to, for all, and to release any blockages. So we were using all sorts of alternative modalities. And I will say the hospital completely allowed me to do all of these things. And I am so grateful for that. Good for them. They Good did. Them. And the nurses were all into it. Right. They loved, oh, they loved watching it. They loved seeing the results. They loved the smells of the oils in the room, everything about it. 
And the staff neurologist was amazed with, with Jim and how he was recovering and how his color was coming back and how he was starting to move almost immediately. Um, he, was he became responsive. As soon as he woke up, he was responsive, which blew them away. Well, that's totally off the chart. And yes. out of their realm of experience. It is. It was not what they expected at all. No. Right. Right. And then he was, so when he was responsive, now he'd lost his verbal center, which is also most unusual because usually the verbal center is on the other side of the brain. Hmm. And the neurologist had told us he'd only seen two other patients in his entire career whose verbal center was actually on this side of the brain, on the right side of the brain. And um, so anyway, we aren't sure if it's because he's an engineer or what, but Jim was one of those rare people who's whose verbal functioning, that whole center, is on the unexpected side of the brain. Hmm. Uh, which was, yeah, which was most, which was real, in my words, most <laughs> unusual, <laughs> right? Because um, they didn't expect, when your left side gets paralyzed, they don't expect that you, for you to lose all verbal right. aspects. And that's also thinking, it's, it's how to spell words. It's not just can you talk. It's how do you formulate the words. It's how do you, you can't remember the words. You can't spell anything. You can't, you know, even when I would put a keyboard in front of him, like to type something before he could talk, he couldn't find the letters. He couldn't identify the letters. This is a man with the second highest IQ in the state of Ohio when he was tested. Wow. And he couldn't even find a letter on a keyboard. Yeah. yeah. So it was, the, I mean, kapowie, the, that whole thing was just. The contrast was stark. It was. Yeah. It was. And yet he could answer yes and no questions by squeezing my hand. So we knew he, we knew some, we knew the hamsters were going up there. Some, <laughs> some of them were going. Anyway, so we went through and continued to work. Well, I had to make the decision if I was going to go out of town to speak at the Parliament of World Religions, which was huge for me. And I was talking to Jim about it, and he still didn't have any words. But I said, Jim, I'm really praying about this, and I'm trying to figure out if I should go to the Parliament. And he laid in that bed, and his right arm that he could move came up, and his finger pointed, and I knew that meant go. I was supposed to go. And oh, I, I just got chills. Him. Yes. And it, I wish he, I wish everyone listening to this could just see what she just did. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. So I, I prayed about it, and I felt very strongly that I was supposed to go and fulfill this dream of mine to speak at the Parliament of World Religions. So I did, and my parents were there, and I still had this other energy worker coming in and, and working on him. Well, so now to fast forward, that was October 10th that he had the stroke. On November 30th, he went back to work. Wait, 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 okay. So that's what, six weeks? He was in the hospital for five weeks. He came home for two weeks of therapy, and the next week, went back to work as a fully functioning chemical engineer in the petroleum industry. Connie, that's astounding. It is. That's unheard of. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So we, And your explanation for his recovery is? All of this energy medicine in combination with the Western medical model. The Western medical model has so many wonderful aspects about it and life-saving properties and we're so grateful for all of that and the care that they can give someone who's in a you know compromised situation and yet the western medical model had no explanation for Jim's progress and for how he was able to start thinking again and start communicating again and also and I will add to this that I've been a piano teacher for 40 years so teaching the brain, so I understand the processes of the brain and I understand what it means to make fingers work and how to train neural pathways 
and and I and I know how to teach and I know how to teach people how to read music and I used all of the, that skill set to put, you know, a keyboard in front of him and have him start identifying letters again. I walked him through just as if I had a 5-year-old that was coming in to learn music. I started to teach Jim again the letters and how to spell the words and all of that stuff. Okay, so that particular skills, those sets of skills that you were giving him, that must have developed new neural pathways in his brain. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. It is. And were you guided to do that or just because of your experience as a piano teacher? My experience as a piano teacher and knowing how to teach someone how to read a language, and of course it's the musical language, but still it's the same process. And I just took all of those ideas and used them. And of course we've, I've, I have children and I watch them learn how to read and use the alphabet and all of that. So, I just, so it was a combination. And I was divinely led as well because I would not have thought to do these things on my own probably as much as I was, you know, let's see if he can do this. Let's see if he can do that. Yes. And when we started working and he would start to try to type, he would say, get. How do you spell the word get? I mean, it was, it, we were, we were there at that place. And then he well, said, Well, and but, at a very elementary level because he was relearning everything. He was. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. How old was he when this happened? 66. Amazing. Yes. So that is a perfect example. Set aside everything that happened. The brain is not static. The brain is pliable and can be retrained, re regrouped. I don't know what. Yes, the word neuroplasticity would be. is Thank the word you. for that. Yes. Thank you. Right, and so he all this neuroplasticity that was available to us, and when you think about that, when we had not only the brain's own capability and its own electrical abilities and all of that, when we had all of this energy work, this Reiki energy or whatever we're using with his electric systems and his meridians and his chakras. When we activate all of these energy systems, then it's even more activity in that. And then, you know, and there was tons of prayer with the divine life force. So, I mean, it's, it was just a wonderful, perfect storm for healing. Yes, that is such an amazing story. So to wrap this up, Connie, how would you, what, what advice or what words of wisdom would you give to anyone listening who may have a loved one in such a compromised state, either from a stroke or from cancer or whatever, what, what, would, what would you tell them? I would really encourage them to check into alternative forms of healing. And it is very possible now, there are many kinds of energy workers out there. There's acupuncturists, chiropractors, uh, Reiki masters, people trained in thought field therapy and EFT, different kinds of tapping therapies. And all of these work to help balance the body systems. Eden Energy Medicine is another really big certification. These people are trained to work with all nine energy systems of the body. And it is not hard in our world of the internet, of the web, to find an energy practitioner. And you can type in energy medicine. You can type in energy worker, uh, Reiki master, energy practitioner, any of those terms. And then the city and any of those terms will bring up. Uh, someone that can help you and at least just give them a call and talk to them. It doesn't cost anything to call them. No, and you may find a solution to what the, you know, the obstacle or dilemma or challenge that your loved one is facing. Absolutely, and, it can, and at least it's another. I know when we have a loved one that's in a compromised position, we just want to do something. Exactly. And, and it gets very frustrating when you're does. told there's nothing we can do. Right. And I always want to find the next thing that I can do. So even if it's just that aspect of it where you, where you 
educate yourself about these ideas and these alternative methods of healing and see what resonates with you. If you're led to something, trust that. You know, if there's some kind of synchronistic event, trust that because that could be the universe converging, you know, for your good and for the good of your loved one for healing. Well, thank you, Connie. This has been such a special conversation. I so appreciate this. Um, do you have a website or a way people can contact you? Oh, thank you. I do. And it's my name, ConnieKeen.com. C-O-N-N-I-E-K-E-A-N.com. Wonderful. Well, you have been such a great guest. I so appreciate this. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for letting me share my story, Catherine. Oh, it's just, I'm hoping it's going to help people and they're going to find their own healing. Absolutely. So that was our intent. This has been the Heart Dancing Radio Show. I'm your host, Katherine Erickson, and I hope you have found this conversation to be so empowering, and lifting, inspiring, and may help you or a friend that you know is in a, a difficult medical situation. That is my hope and prayer, and I know it's Connie's too. Thank you again, and be well. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we learn to dance with our hearts, not our heads. And remember, you're now part of the tribe. Be sure and tell your friends about the magic that happens here. Uh, Heart Dancing, it's the only way to live.